0: do? Did you do good? You did? Yeah. You wanted to eat it, didn't you? Yeah. So did I tell you I'd give you another one? Okay, now you can have both. You need them. <laughs> so we get to talk about temptation today. Who knew, who knew that it would be a lab experience in church this morning, but uh, temptation right in front of you for whatever that's worth. Uh, we, uh, we aren't just going to talk about temptation, we're going to give you the chance to experience it no extra charge right here at Twin Cities this morning. Now we can laugh about the idea of temptation and watch these little kids go to town and, and the reality is we kind of are laughing at ourselves, huh? Because sometimes that's what temptation is—a little bit. We look and we continue to look and we look away, but we look back and maybe just a sniff and maybe just a little, even just a little lick. And it, you know, and kind of just continue to dwell on it here through the process. But uh, we can laugh about temptation. But the tough thing about temptation is that it often is the precursor to sin. Temptation often gives birth to sin, and sin isn't usually quite so funny, is it? <laughs> but if we can understand temptation better and figure out how to deal with it in a more godly way, then we won't fall into sin so much. At least that makes sense on paper, right? Deal with temptation better, and then sin won't be quite so prevalent. Now, our theme verse for this series is found in 1 John 2, verse 6. We've been looking at Jesus, really trying to understand his life so that we can change our own lives to model after him. 1 John 2, 6 says this. It says, those who say they live in God should live their lives as Jesus did. It's pretty simple right there. Those who say they live in God should live their lives as Jesus did. We've been spending time these last few weeks looking at how Jesus has lived his life so that we can make better decisions about how to live our own lives as we follow his example. So when it comes to something as difficult to handle as temptation, it's really encouraging to know that Jesus himself faced temptation when he walked on earth here in the form of man, and he didn't just face it, but he actually overcame it. So um, today in your outline, there's lots of things to read. There's, for me at least, there's way more things to write just to kind of keep you engaged. We're going to cover a lot of material here. So if you want to join along, follow along, and take notes and stuff, you're welcome to do that. Uh, It says this, though, Jesus faced temptation so he could relate to us and also so he could show us how to overcome temptation. There's really two parts to it. It's both to relate to us, but also to show us how to overcome temptation, It says in Hebrews 4, and we read this verse earlier, but it says, For we do not have a high priest who's unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are. Yet he was without sin. So Jesus can relate to us. Uh, He can truly understand this sometimes agonizing process of temptation because he went through it himself. I mean, he's he's been there. But he also wants to show us how to overcome temptation, right? And he models for that uh, models that for us in the Bible. So not just Jesus going, hey, I can relate to you. That's kind of nice. But I also want to give you some tools to take some steps so you can actually overcome this. So we want to take a look this morning and celebrate the fact, really, that we, what we discover, that you can overcome temptation like Jesus. That's right where we're starting this morning. That's right where we want to end, with not just a, a, an idea or a supposition, but an actual proof that I can, each one of us can, as a follower of Jesus, overcome temptation like Jesus. So first of all, when it comes to facing temptation, it's important to start with the foundation. Before we start building a structure, we want to lay a foundation and the first thing we need to see and then stand upon is, is the power source for overcoming temptation. We have to know the power. That's our first P. We're going to write down three P's this morning. We have to know the power. Now, Jesus shows us that the power source is he shows us the power source at the beginning of the Bible passage about his temptation in the wilderness. We're going to be looking at Matthew chapter 4 today. There's three accounts in the, in the, of the four Gospels that talk about it. We're going to be looking at Matthew chapter 4 if you want to turn there in the Bible. Uh, you have it printed in your outline. It'll be on the screens as well. But we're going to take a look at that today, starting at verse 1, Matthew 4. It says this, Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. <laughs> Some fun, huh? After fasting 40 days and 40 nights... He was hungry. <laughs> I love sometimes how scripture states the obvious. You know what I mean, but it's just right there. He he was hungry. So, we're going to stop right there. We're going to go on in a few minutes, but but Jesus went into this huge extended time of temptation, going face to face with the devil himself, with Satan, and we can see through the context of these verses where he got the power to overcome the temptation. Do you see it there? going to have to look into it a little bit here. The power source to overcome temptation. First of all, that first word that we see there is then. Then. So something had just happened. Do you know what just happened? We have to look in Matthew chapter 3 to see what happened. And right before this, Jesus was baptized by John the Baptist. Baptist. He was baptized by John the Baptist, and the Bible says that that's when the Holy Spirit came upon Jesus, right at that moment. God the Father's voice spoke, this is my son. It was kind of this public proclamation. Now, this is kind of complicated because... Jesus is God Himself, but God in the form of man, and yet the Holy Spirit. And but so it gets kind of heavy theology. We don't have tons of time to go into that today. But the Bible is very clear that it was at that moment that the Holy Spirit, God, the Holy Spirit, the personal Holy Spirit, came upon Jesus and stayed with Him from that moment on, and He had a new source of power that came upon Him right then and there. And then He goes off into the wilderness for temptation. He wasn't trying to fly solo at that point. He had the Holy Spirit right there with him in full power. Well, not only that, but Jesus went into this time of temptation focusing on God the Father in every way he could. And he did that by dedicating himself to prayer and fasting for those entire 40 days. See, Jesus knew that he needed to be close to the power source, and that is God. Okay? And so this prayer and fasting time was really one that says, I want to be attentive to God and I want to focus on God. Now, I'm not sure if you've ever done much fasting yourself, but this is, this is flat out what Jesus did, and we're going to talk about that in a moment. Well, Jesus' actions here uh, show us several things. First of all, it's, it's that relying on your own willpower is a recipe for failure. Relying upon your own willpower is a recipe for failure. See, we're talking about power, and when we talk about power, especially with temptation, we usually come into the Willpower, right? Do I have the willpower to just look at a marshmallow and not take a munch, right? To just sniff it and kind of, "Mm," you know, kind of that. So it becomes a willpower thing. But have you ever done that? You know, tried the willpower thing? How about all the time? You know, if I can do this, I can do it. I know I can. If I just try harder, you know, I I failed last time, but I I can just, I can turn away. I can avoid it. I can just say no, you know, to the big marshmallow or whatever, whatever the temptation is that beckons me. If you've ever, if you've ever done that in your past, how's that working for you? (laughs) How's that working for you, right? The whole just stronger willpower. Occasional success with scattered periods of disaster, That's been my experience. And oh, I did okay this time, crash and burn. Oh, I did a little better, crash, burn, crash, burn. It's kind of that sequence that happens through that process. That's been my experience anyway. Well, secondly, Jesus' temptation during and at the end of his fasting and prayer time shows us that relationship over time with God brings power and perspective. Okay, your own willpower is recipe for disaster and for failure, but relationship over time with God, that brings power and perspective. So, See, I don't know if you've ever fasted and prayed for any extended period of time, but, but from my own experience, and I've, I've been through periods of my life when fasting, God really put that on my heart, um, I, I can tell you that nothing brings you into a closer, continue, continuous relationship with God, Okay. You know, you're not eating, so when you skip a meal, you remember why you skip a meal, and you spend that time praying and really focusing on God. And then since you skipped a meal, what happens for the next bunch of hours? You're hungry. It didn't take me 40 days. (laughs) I was hungry, you know, and your stomach growls, and you go, ooh, I'm hungry. And then your mind goes, why am I hungry? Oh, yeah, I'm fasting. Oh, yeah, God, I'm fasting. I'm fasting because, and it's a purposeful fast. Oh, man, talk about... Full understanding, awareness of the presence of God 24-7, even while you're sleeping, kind of, in a sense. Fasting and prayer does that. And Jesus recognized that that was a big deal, that continuous close relationship with God. And he knew that he needed all of God's power and a wise heavenly perspective in order to stand up to Satan. So he committed not just a few hours of praying and fasting. He didn't just skip a meal or even a day, but he went a full 40 days I've never gone anywhere near that myself personally, but that's got to be right in there with really hanging on to God close, full awareness, and full access to the power. Now, it's not like you have to fast yourself every time you want to overcome temptation, okay? So some of you, breathe a sigh of relief, you know, you don't have to fast every time yourself, but it probably wouldn't hurt, would it? I mean, especially if it was an ongoing area that seems to maybe have some kind of footholds in your life, and... You might lose a few unwanted pounds in the process. <laughs> that's, that's not why you would do it, but there's multiple benefits for fasting, right? But the issue here isn't fasting necessarily. Uh, the primary issue is that maintaining a close, intimate, personal relationship with God, that's going to give you the perspective to recognize temptation for what it is. I spend time with God and it kind of elevates and broadens my view and I can realize what it is. It's just a marshmallow. In fact, no, it's more than a marshmallow. It's more than a small temp, a, a small temptation. It's a it's a it's a rotten stinking tool of the devil himself that wants to draw me into sin, you know, and draw me to a horrible place and separate me from God. And and so that close relationship with God that I'm cultivating that'll give you, give me and give you the power to overcome the temptation too. The Holy Spirit, if you're a follower of Jesus, the Holy Spirit has been given to you just like Jesus given to you come upon you to give you that power and he can and will give you victory that's our power source okay so to overcome temptation like jesus we need to first know the power source and i didn't give you a whole lot of things to do except to understand the power source it's not about your willpower it's his power Actually, maybe a little bit of homework might be investigating some prayer and fasting, huh? But that's, that's kind of, if God pushes you in that direction, good. But uh, that's his thing, right? Second, though, to overcome temptation like Jesus, we need to understand the process. There's our second P. Know the power, and then secondly, understand the process. Now, I want to take a closer look now at this uh, Matthew 4 passage of Jesus being tempted. I'm going to read through these verses. Again, you can follow along, and I'll read out loud. We're going to see the process that Jesus went through in this temptation time when he was facing Face with Satan. So it says again, I'll I'll, I'll start at verse 1 to make sure we have context. Then, after his baptism, Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And after fasting 40 days and 40 nights, Jesus was hungry. The tempter, Satan himself, came to him and said, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. And Jesus answered, It is written, Man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Well, then the devil took him to the holy city and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you are the son of God, he said, throw yourself down, for it's written, he will command his angels concerning you, and they will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. Satan's even thrown scripture back at him a little bit here. Jesus answered him, it is also written, do not put the Lord your God to the test. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. All this I will give you, he said, if you will bow down and worship me. And Jesus said to him, Away from me, Satan, for it's written, Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Okay, so we're going to stop right there. Now, you may have read these verses before, kind of a, a supernatural picture of God versus the devil and this knockdown, dragout Super Bowl, you know, of temptation that is happening here. <laughs> But although it's cool to see Jesus win, you know, we kind of sit back and go, yeah, go Jesus. You know, it's cool to see him win like he does every time. (laughs) We want to do more than just root for him and cheer him on like most of us plan to do for the 49ers later today, right? Sorry, just had to get that in there. You know, come on, we're Californians here. So we want to do more than just, you know, go, Jesus, go from a distance because most of us can't relate to those big dudes with huge bodies and amazing speed running on the football field. Jesus doesn't just want us to see him and root him on. He wants to actually learn from him through the process. So what is that process? Let's take a look. First of all, first step in the process is, ready for this? Expect temptation. Expect temptation because it is coming, okay? This might be kind of obvious, but... But this is right where we fall down very often. See, Jesus was led into the wilderness by the Holy Spirit knowing he was going to be tempted. God has anointed him. God has made the proclamation. You're beginning your public ministry. And it says the Holy Spirit led him out into the wilderness to be tempted. Whoa, surprise, I was tempted. Jesus knew it was coming. He was expecting it. He said, we just raised the Annie. It's time to go public. And and the devil and the demons are going to be working big time here. He knew it was coming. He expected it. And he was ready for it. And we can learn from Jesus that when things get tough, you know, when important things are on the line, really at any time in life, because we never know really what's important. And in fact, every single day is important. It's an opportunity for God to work in and through you in an unbelievably life-changing way. On those days, temptation is coming. So why do we sometimes seem so surprised by it? Where'd that come from, you know? Temptation is coming even later today. Today, it is coming later today. So expect it so you can be ready and don't let your guard down. Okay? Don't let your guard down. Expect it. Okay? Secondly, it will appeal to your flesh, your ego, your pride, the things that attract you the most. It's going to appeal to your flesh, your ego, your pride, the things that attract you the most. It should really be attract you the most because what might be tempting to you might not be tempting to me. But that's the nature of temptation. We see, we see that Jesus was hungry after 40 days of fasting. So Satan went after that physical desire, that craving, that, that need to eat. And of course, he went about doing it in the wrong way, trying to get Jesus to, to, to in essence, sin by, by doing things that maybe made some sense on one level. Satan, on his second area, he also tried to appeal to Jesus. In a sense, his ego, he tried to to trick Jesus, you know, to jump off the temple because God will lift you up. You know, he's not going to let you die. And so he's really trying to trick Jesus into testing God's power and love. You know, Satan could be saying, prove it to me, Jesus. Prove it to yourself and to others that you are who you say you are and that God will do what he says he will do, you know. And thirdly, Satan tries to give Jesus the way out of being crucified. See, Jesus knew even then what his life was going to be about. And if it was really to gather all people to be the savior of all people and to rule over all people, Satan's in essence saying, I'll give you you the world. I'll give you all the kingdoms of the world. All you have to do is bow down to me. And you don't have to go and die on the cross. You don't have to go through the suffering, which I got to tell you, Jesus probably wasn't looking forward to. Interesting, by the way, that Satan has the power to give the kingdoms of the world. It kind of tells you who rules our world, doesn't it? God is the king, but he's given, and the scripture says, he has given for a short time rulership of this world to Satan for God's purposes. But it's interesting. So those temptations were a very big deal for Jesus. We kind of glossed over them because we could go into great detail. But the point I want to pull out of this, Satan went after what would hit Jesus the most, his physical need and his spiritual need and perhaps some of what might want to be there in the way of even a a fear or, or an anxiety issue there. He was attacked when he was physically weak, and he was tempted in the areas that it hits closest to home. And so we have to look at ourselves and say, we need to expect it and be ready. It'll very often come when you are weak. It will very often come when you are tired, physically tired. It will come in areas that have worked in the past where you are weak. You know, if he got you once, he's coming back there again. You know, it's the way it goes. Now, honestly, for me... (laughs) The marshmallow thing isn't a big temptation because I don't really care that much for marshmallows, you know? I mean, like, that's all right. You know, I guess, because these are mega marshmallows, by the way. You know, they throw this about 100 yards. But, um, you know, maybe on s'mores with a lot of chocolate and melted marshmallow and graham crackers, then they start catching fire. Well, literally, but becoming a good thing. But they aren't that big of a temptation for me. Some of you I know are like in the front row going, come on, let me at those. If you take good notes and listen well, you can afterwards have not one just, but even two go through. It isn't that big of a temptation, but, but don't get too proud when you stand up to a little marshmallow temptation that isn't that big of a deal because the big one stands just around the corner ready to try to eat you alive, right? That's right there. But where will temptation come? Now, I don't want to stereotype, but, but just this morning, I woke up early this morning and it was like, add this to your talk, add this to your talk. And I thought, oh, okay, and I did it, and, and, and I feel like God really wants this. Don't be offended. I don't want to stereotype, but what I do want to do is suggest some things to you. So if it fits, great. If not, don't worry about it. But guys, let's start with you. If you're a guy, <laughs> that makes sense. Guys, if you're a guy... <laughs> Told you it was early this morning, <laughs> guys. If you're a guy, you will be tempted in the area of your thought life. Absolutely, don't be surprised by that. Virtually every guy I've ever talked to, of all ages, to be youth pastor, I work now from birth to way later in life. You're going to be tempted in this area. Whoa. <laughs> what you look at, what you experience, where your thoughts want to go, what your activities want to lead to. It's there, it's there, it's there, and it keeps coming, and it keeps coming. So don't be surprised, know that it's coming. Guys, in the area of pride, I'm sorry I had to say it. (laughs) It's something that most of us guys, can I say all, most of us guys really struggle with. Temptation to be proud and to put yourself first and to stand up tall and be a man because that's what our West says to do. Is going to come, and is going to come, and it's going to come, but that's not what Jesus did, was it? Jesus didn't stand tall. He kneeled to serve, right. and his tallest time was when he was hung on the cross giving his life. Men, it's coming. Temptation to be proud is coming. Women, if I can mention some things that might fit for you, be ready for t- temptation in the areas of, of maybe worry and anxiety. God made you so much more complex than us men. We things just go right by us. We don't get it. <laughs> but you, everything works together. And so there's, there's so much. Yeah, you're nudging each other right now. I can see it. There's so many things going on that our guys are clueless about, but you women, you get it all. And it's all here and it becomes this. I've got to solve this. If I can't solve it, but it becomes this. And then worry and anxiety and, and can become a part of your life and the temptation to try and do more and be more than God calls you to do and to be and to worry. That's temptation. Gals, be ready. Be ready to be tempted to be overly concerned about your external looks and to be tempted to compare yourselves with other women, especially with the supermodels you see in all the magazines and all the commercials. Just the other week was talking, a couple weeks ago, talking with a young gal who was in tears. This beautiful young gal who goes here was in tears because of that constant temptation of feeling like she just can't measure up. She just can't measure up but it's every single woman here that temptation is there, and it just hits you. Be prepared for it. If you're a type A personality, be ready for temptation in the areas of anger, control, and impatience and, and all that. If you're a more easygoing person, be ready to be tempted to be overly passive and non-engaged and maybe kind of just sit back and judge from a distance, even be critical. If you struggle with an addiction, be ready. The temptation will come in that area. It is coming. In these areas, be ready, be ready. You get the point. Know the areas of your weakness and be prepared for the battle to happen right there. Okay, third in the process, right? We want to know the power and then understand the process. Third is you need to battle it with Scripture. Battle it with Scripture. Bible verses. Now, this is an obvious thing that Jesus did in this passage for all three temptations, and every message I've ever heard goes into great detail about this, and it's wonderful. It's true. Jesus refuted Satan's temptations, really Satan's lies, by by quoting truth from the Bible. And we see that it works for Jesus. Oh, good one, Jesus, you know. But why don't we use it more ourselves? Why don't we, you know? Do you have a good amount of Bible verses ready to fight the temptation that you know will come your way? We just talked about those areas, guys, gals, personality type, ages, who you are. There's three or four or five or eight or ten types of temptations you know are coming. Now, there are more than that, but you know a bunch that are. Are you ready for that? Do you have Bible verses tucked away, memorized, at least written down somewhere? You see, in order to fight and overcome temptation like Jesus, you need to know Scripture you need to actually know scripture. Now, Jesus didn't just automatically know scripture. He laid aside his knowledge, his divine knowledge. He laid it aside. He had to study and learn, just like you and I. He spent countless hours studying and memorizing scripture. And one of the reasons he memorized the Bible verses is not just so that he was the top in his class. <laughs> he did it so that he, he, well, he knew what it says in Psalm 119, verse 11. And I love this verse. It's not in your outline. Psalm one nineteen eleven. You might want to jot it down. I have hidden your word in my heart. That I might not sin against you. Wow, the psalmist writes, I have chosen to do this. I've hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. It's a buffer. It's 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 a tool against sin. Now, over the years, I realized that I wasn't ready to fight temptation in the areas that I repeatedly failed. So I started making lists in the back of my Bible of verses that would help me in temptation battles that were sure to come. You know those blank pages at the back of your Bible, like why are they there? (laughs) You know? You don't dare write on them because everything else in the Bible is (laughs) inspired by God. You know what I mean? And and, but you know what? I realized I can write on that page. And so what I would do is I'd I'd write a category down that I know, like like I said, as a guy, especially as a single guy, I wrote down moral purity, thought life, something like that, little line underneath it. And then I did a little bit of study, but more than that, whenever I bumped across a verse that I thought, yeah, that's a good one, that would help me in a battle of temptation in my thought life and moral purity, I just jot it down. And that became my memorization list. And I had one and two and three and five and eight. And I guess in a big area, it's not too many to have a lot of verses to really ready to do battle, right? And it would be a good thing. I'd write it down. i begin memorizing it, memorizing the verses. Now, it didn't make me perfect in those areas, but I found that it helped. Being prepared for that inevitable temptation that that is there by arming myself with appropriate Bible verses is doing it like Jesus did. And yet we've not done that, I I, I think. (laughs) Now, Honestly, I realize as I prepared for this talk today that I need to start doing it again because I've let this idea of using Scripture as a weapon to fight temptation kind of drift away. It was in my former Bible, but you know when your Bible finally falls apart, have you had that happen? <laughs> That's a good thing. You know, it's kind of sad when you retire your old Bible and get the kind of new one, but then you've got to break it in and stuff. But I realize in my new Bible that I've only got like one little category with three verses in it. And I'm like, oh man, what's going on here? Am I, have I grown past that? No. So it's kind of a recommitment that I'm making today, and if you want to join me, I'm going to get busy. Write some categories down in the back of my Bible. It's not for you, it's for me. What are my temptation areas? What are some scripture verses? When I bump across them, I'm going to write them down and commit to saying, God, I want to do battle like Jesus does battle. I want to get back into it. Now, not only do you need to know Scripture, but you need to handle Scripture correctly. This almost goes without saying, but I just I need to point this out because Satan tried to turn the tables on Jesus by quoting Scripture back at him, right? That second temptation, well, you know, the Bible says, but, but Jesus knew the Bible deeply, and more importantly, he knew the God of the Bible deeply. And Jesus, in essence, said back to him, don't try to get tricky with me, Satan, you know? You are a liar, and you speak from the pit of hell even when you try to quote Scripture, you know? He basically says, you twist Scripture for your own purposes which offends the holy God of the Bible, so knock it off. (laughs) It's kind of what happened there in that little encounter with the second temptation. Well, here's what we can learn from this. Sometimes people around us distort the Bible. Sometimes they meaningfully, they mean to, and other times just out of ignorance or deceit themselves, but that can sometimes happen. You know, they can try to get us to follow a lie and, and call it truth, You know, compromising this one area, it's not that big of a deal. You know, the Bible is just old-fashioned in that area. I mean, come on, it was written how many thousands of years ago? And all of a sudden, it kind of happens, doesn't it? You need to know the Bible well enough to handle it correctly so that you aren't deceived. But you see, it's not just others that may try to deceive you. Sometimes we do it ourselves. Sometimes we do. You see, we grab hold of some verses that we think make God's will a little hard to understand. This one's kind of gray area, and I don't know if I understand this. And, and then we rationalize and we compromise, and we leave ourselves open to temptation in this area. Maybe it's like, well, here's a common or current-day issue, and maybe it's not that bad since God didn't specifically talk about this one issue in detail. You know, maybe there are some principles, but this one issue in detail, and we mishandle the Bible, and we fall into temptation at the hands of a very deceiving devil need to handle Scripture, not just know it, but handle it well. Well, one final thing before we move on to the third P, and that's this. When things get tough, don't do it on your own. When things get tough, don't do it on your own. The temptation of Jesus in the wilderness was was tougher than anything we'll ever face, but Jesus was able to lean on the Holy Spirit during the attack. Now, for us, it's important to have the Holy Spirit stand with us. Remember, that's the power source that we have as a follower of Jesus. But it's also important sometimes to enlist others to stand with us in an area of ongoing struggle and temptation and sin. You know, that area that continues to just be there and has a foothold that's become a stronghold perhaps. God is our power source, but having a prayer partner can be a valuable tool of God. Having an accountability partner, someone who can support you, but also ask the tough questions, you know, to help keep you on track, that can be an amazing help if you'll submit to it. And I encourage you to do that. Ecclesiastes 4.12 says, A person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and conquer. Three are even better, for a triple-braided cord is not easily broken. This is talking about more than temptation, but it totally does apply to temptation, doesn't it? By yourself, who? but get back to back, let alone get three, to tackle it together. If you'd be willing to swallow your pride and stop pretending that you can do it on your own and walk in close community with another brother or sister when you need that, it's going to go a long way. All right, well, in order to overcome temptation like Jesus, we need to know the power, we need to understand the process, and finally, we need to trust the promise. Trust the promise. And I'm just going to briefly close with this. The temptations come inevitably, sometimes endlessly, or so it seems. But you need to trust the promise of God. God. Well, well, what promise, you ask? I mean, what promise do we see here in Matthew 4? Well, let's read the verse following the passage that we just did. This is Matthew 4, verse 11, after Jesus finishes his time together. And then it says, Then the devil left him, and angels came and attended him. The promise we see demonstrated here with Jesus, there was an end to the time of temptation. It wasn't endless. There was a way out. And we see this explained more fully in 1 Corinthians 10, 13. This is a great verse to have memorized or written somewhere, folks. Then temptation, it says this, that temptations in your life are no different from what others experience. And God is faithful. He will not allow the temptation to be more than you can stand. Did you hear that? He, he will not allow the temptation to be more than you can stand. I can't stand. Well, well who are you standing on, right? When you are tempted, he will show you a way out so that you can endure You're learning some ways out even today. God's promise, no temptation will last forever. God's promise, no temptation will doom you to failure and sin. It's inevitable. It's going to happen. God's promise, he's watching over you during that time of temptation, giving you the power and the desire to overcome. So you can trust that promise, knowing that as you stand with the Holy Spirit in Jesus and sometimes with other followers of Jesus like we just talked about that just like we saw in this account in Matthew the devil will leave and the angels will attend to you in a victory celebration it's possible it's what god desires for each one of us would you pray for me this morning with me this morning father thank you for loving us and for <laughs> being there for us god I thank you, Lord God, that Jesus came and lived this life that wasn't just perfect, wasn't just perfectly godly, but it demonstrated the way that we can live. And Father, in this area of temptation, oh boy, I think any time when we look at ourselves, it's easy to pick out those times when temptation leads to sin. Father, we want to look at the times as we look at Jesus where temptation led to victory because you want that, God. So may we lean on the power source. May we understand this process and then practice that, God, and then may we trust the promise that you have given us a way out, Lord. Father, we look forward to becoming a more pure and holy people, not through self-effort, but through relying on you and your power, God. In Jesus' name, amen.